Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Angie Quinnell with you today. Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990. Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Just before we go to our Oilers Now headliner, Elliot Friedman for Touchback Safety. Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. We hop back into the Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Work where yesterday we had Brian Burke on the show and I posed this question. Brian, who would you rather scrap, Kevin Bieksa or Elliot Friedman? Here's Brian. Well, I would Burke. want to fight Kevin, and I'd happily fight Elliot. So I'll, I'll go with uh, Kevin. <laughs> there you go. As we bring aboard uh, from the center of the hockey universe. Well, actually, there's two centers of the hockey universe over the course of the last month. Uh, from the hub city of T.O., Elliot Friedman. Hello, Elliot. How are you? I got Bob, like seriously, why is he going to answer that? Although I will say that I have been known to fight dirty, so maybe that is why you should fight Kevin instead. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I, I had a, I, I really liked Dustin Penner, and yeah. which, which at times was a. There were people that were down on Dustin Penner, even in the Oilers organization. They sometimes forgot that he scored ninety-one goals in under four seasons in Edmonton. He was a fairly productive player. He fought for his teammates he rarely if ever fought for himself but if Hemsky got ran or if Gagne got ran Dustin Penner would go over there and he was strong enough and he could fight his first NHL fight was with Kevin Bieksa and to quote Dustin yes and to quote Dustin he goes Bob it didn't go too well because you know Bieksa's got real fast hands and he's also got that that sort of move where he uncoils and catches a guy off guard with a you know a real hard shot to begin with and I always wondered why Dustin never went and fought him a second time. It couldn't have gone any worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but I, 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 it's just kind of funny. So, so you're not surprised, Berkey said he'd gladly fight you and not fight want to fight Bieksa. Well, look, if I had a, like, I don't know what anybody would expect in that possible situation. If the choice 
is me or Bieksa, you know, I know, I know I'm going to be the choice. Uh, but I'll tell you this: I wouldn't be afraid of facing Burke. <laughs> all talk. All talk, all blow, no go. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, there's got to how? Hey, let me. How challenging is it to do? How many of you guys are actually in the? Like, obviously, we know that Kelly Rohde and uh, and Cassie uh, Campbell Pascal are, are in uh, in Calgary. Are the rest yeah. of you guys all in the studio, or how does that work? We are, but there's there's a room we have where we watch the games. It's kind of socially spaced out. Yep. It fits the five people in it. So if, if for example, if David Amber's on a second panel with Burke or sometimes it's been me, we wa- that that group watches in a second a separate room. They'll, okay. they'll watch in a separate area. But those of us who are actually physically in the studio who are there, we watch in that one room. And it's, there's enough for five people to sit in there. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously Bieksa has received a lot of kudos for his work, and it's, 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 and you know, it. and he deserves it. It's fr- it's yep. fresh stuff. Just to show you the contrast of how this works sometimes. Granted, they're different roles, but Tony Romo is sort of he's the standard bearer for the former player that became now, but he's a color guy, and football yep. is the perfect sport to have an analyst in that role. So when he's sitting there calling the plays. You know, as a color guy, as I come to look like that game works, that sport works yep. in, a, in a scenario where the animal contrast that with Dan Marino on the desk. Dan, Dan Marino never really, in my opinion, has never really excelled. I, like, you know, you look at Romo and it's like, this guy's telling me exactly what's going to happen play by play as a team's marching down the field. It's wonderful to watch. He's got all the updated terminology. Do you think, though, at times, unless the guy works on his craft, that yeah. you get a bit removed from calling in some of those favors with your former teammates, and the lingo gets pushed back a bit uh, as well, because that has been one of the, some of the criticisms in the past of some of the guys uh, specific to color in uh, in football, be it NFL or uh, NCAA. Well, I, I think that's actually one of the things that Kevin and Berkey and I have actually talked about is that um, you know how do you keep yourself fresh because. As you mentioned, Kevin knows a lot of people who are still in the game, and Brady right. knows a lot of people still in the game. But the one thing you don't want is to be telling the same stories uh, for 20 years. Like That's actually one of the things that I've noticed about myself a lot too, uh, Bob, is that I haven't been in the field as much as I used to, so I don't have as many new stories as I used to. And I don't like that. I don't like to be telling the same stories all the time. I don't like to say well back in 1956 i did this so i think that's that's one thing and i think that's one of the reasons why uh kevin's as good as he is and will only get better because he recognizes that as a potential limitation and he doesn't want that to be the case and the other thing i would say about kevin is he's really good um i i've learned about players um some of them are really good at at seeing something and like they all see the game at a higher level than i do i will be the first person to concede that they see things uh that i don't see uh but not all of them are are good at explaining what i don't see and why something happens and how something happens and kevin i think is really good at it he's really good at saying okay uh get me this play and our producers will say okay why do you want this play and he'll say to them, I want this, 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 and this, and that allows them 
to present it in a way that makes for Kevin to present it to the audience. He's very good at that. He's He's got a real gift at explaining to people who don't see it like he does about what just happened and why. A couple things as we're joined by Elliot Friedman for the River Cree Resort Casino. Elliot, people that have listened to Oilers Now on 630 Ched uh, for the last nine full seasons know I never tell the same story twice. <laughs> yeah. It's like and, and, Berkey. Whenever we see, whenever we see uh, Nazem Kadri do something or the Sedin, yeah, when they come yeah. up, like, we're like, hey, Berkey, did you drop those guys? All right. And the other thing, don't bring up his bad picks. I and, and just, just and the other thing is, you know, you've had an amazing career. We've already established you were a Civil War correspondent at one point, and it's hard to believe that you were also a defensive back in the 1956 three in a row Edmonton Eskimo Grey Cup team. So that was very impressive as well. That you and you've held off referencing that over the years. Elliot Friedman for NHL Hockey and Rogers River Cree Resort Casino. He's our headliner. All right, let's get to it here, Elliot. The goaltending. Uh, I mean, we've got these. We're we're still in the midst. There's still seven teams alive. Tampa Bay looks great. Uh, we've, we've got these rookie goaltenders playing out of it, and, and it'll transition into another conversation on the goaltender market. But talk about the storylines. Uh, you know, Carter Hart from Sherwood Park for the, the, the Flyers helping keep them alive. And then who saw Michael Hutchinson and Thatcher Demko? Because I sure didn't. Oh, well, you know, and Hutchinson played here this year, and we, and we saw how much he struggled. And, it, it, you know, and, and now, like, I think the thing is, like, they, like Colorado has been so good that they've really taken the game out of his hands in the sense that he doesn't have to decide it. He just has to make enough saves. Like, you know, the first game where he's in goal, it's over after 20. It's, it's 5 nothing, right? So you're not – like, they, they've completely taken over the game. And the other night, he gives up the first bad goal, and you're sitting there going, uh-oh. And, you know, Dallas, uh, Dallas gets another chance right away. McCarr makes a great defensive play, and they go down the ice and they score. And then they start taking over the game again. Like, they they haven't let – like, it's the two stories, Demko and Hodgson, are completely different. Hodgson has been – all he's had to be is good enough, and he's done it. Colorado's dominated the two games where he started. Now, Vancouver, I mean, the ice is tilted against them. Vegas is coming at them. And they're, what they're trying to do is say, okay, we're going to guard the middle of the ice and we're going to try to limit the quality of A chances we give up. I thought they did a really good job of that in game five. I didn't think they did a great job of it last night. Um, you know, especially right after their first goal, right off the draw, Vegas had a 10-bell chance and he made a hell of a save. And then he started getting in their heads because they started missing the net. So... Like, uh, like uh, I think you got to be thinking right now, um, you know, Vancouver's decision in that next year has all been made. I mean, we'll see what happens tonight, but, you know, you're, you're probably not moving on from Demko now. And uh, he's been incredible. He looked exhausted, though, last night. And, you know, Bob, I've looked through his uh, game log. I did it last night after the game. He hasn't had a back-to-back start uh, since... Uh, the 2018 Calder Cup playoffs. Now, he did have one situation last year where he played three games in three days, but it went start, relief appearance, start. Yeah. Um, But early in his AHL career, he did it about 15 times, and his numbers were pretty good. 
but he really hasn't done it in a while, and he looked hard last night, and tonight uh, he, he looked tired last night, and tonight is Game 7. I mean, he's been great. We'll see. So you're saying 96 hours ago, maybe the Heat was going to be on the Canucks to resign Markstrom, and now the decision looks a lot easier that they don't have to do that? Well, I just, you know, I think the one thing is, Bob, is that it wouldn't probably be as cut and dry as this if there wasn't an expansion draft. Right. At the very least now, you're telling Markstrom, we can't have a situation where we can't expose you if we don't want to. Yeah. Well, uh, it eases the financial picture for Vancouver as well because obviously they're going to have to sign Pedersen and Hughes coming up, and that's yeah. one of the benefits they've got is they've got a lot of depth. This is a bit to me like watching the 2017 Oilers play in the playoffs where McDavid and Leon were not they were on their ELC at the, that time, and Pedersen and, Qu- and Quinn Hughes are on their ELC at this time, and both organizations were getting a disproportionate amount of juice out of guys that they weren't paying for. If they don't have to re-sign Markstrom, that's going to put them in they're going to be able to have some depth there let's get to that goalie market uh elliot it's my belief that uh toronto i know there's been some talk that anderson could be going soon to me that would uh, toronto's got to have a goalie and i do think they'd be totally in on markstrom they're an analytics-based organization and his analytics were off the charts uh this is going to be really intriguing to watch what happens with all these guardians isn't it you know last night uh brian spear um, who's our producer, he produces the studio show, he came up with a great idea, and he did a scroll, which is basically a running list, of all the goalies who started a playoff game this year, including the play-in rounds. And it's 38. Now, I know this is a little bit different because it's 24 teams, and in the play-in rounds, you could afford to start a second goalie. But for comparison, last year there were 16 teams in the playoffs. You know how many goalies started playoff games last year, Bob? 21. 17. Come Only on. One team had a guy start, had two guys start playoff games, and that was Carolina, Peter Mrazek and, and Curtis McElhinney. And um, you know, like that's that's unbelievable to me. Like we've gone from you have a starter and you go with a starter. To one and a half guys per team playing. Well, but it's, but it's but incredible. there's but there's one qualifier. There's been way more back to backs this year. Needs Look, to be. I, I get I get yeah. all of that, but you know the other thing too is don't forget there's no travel. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. So, there is no. So the the whole goal the goal you're right. There's a lot of instability out there. It's funny. I was just texting with an executive uh, in the league before I came on. And, uh, you know, I'm driving, so it was voice texting. I want everyone to know that, um, you know, he was just saying, like, it's incredible. Like, when you look at all the situations, Vancouver, Markstrom, uh, Talbot, your guy, Mike Smith, and your situation, um, the other free agents, Holtby, Lanner, um, the, the uh, Grice, and I and I wonder if Grice is going to start Game Seven tomorrow. I really do. I think I think there's at least a chance. All right, um, uh, who starts and, for Vegas you know, tonight? Guys who could be traded: Kemper, Murray, like Dubnyk yeah. is crazy. All right, who starts for Vegas tonight, Elliot? I think it's going to be Lanner. Okay, uh, do they trade Flurry in the off season? I think so. I like to me, like the, the actions here speak. Yep. And the actions are that they're not happy, and they're like 
I, I don't know it's Leonard. I believe it's Leonard. I'm pretty sure it's Leonard. We'll find out when they skate out tonight. Um, but and, and Leonard's record in back-to-backs, Bob, is terrible. It is. If they trot him out there tonight, that says to me that Fleury's gone. And, f- and they'll, uh, they'll try to keep Leonard. My former roommate, who has provided me daily updates from Vegas on COVID, the Chisler, former goaltender himself, Elliot. The so you kn- Chisler? Yes. Yeah, his last name's Chis. So that's why he was called the Chisler. Uh, he, uh, he, he's, and, and believe me, he was anything but that. He was, he's a great guy. Uh, he, uh, he listens every day, but he's, he's been sending me the, uh, statistical updates all the time on Leonard. And it's, he's like one and eight all time in back to backs in his career. Uh, he owes, a, he owes a lot to Mitch Korn in, in New York for what happened there at the Islanders a year ago. All right. You mentioned Darcy Kemper. What's going on in Arizona? Uh, is Ekman Larson available? Is Camper available? Can they sign Hall? What are you hearing? I still think Hall's going to UFA. Uh, I think they took their shot, and I don't think that's going to happen. I think Hall's going to UFA. Okay. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, number two, yes, I think I, I've heard, like, Steve Sullivan is the interim GM, and I think he wants to keep the job. I think he's very interested. And, um, you know, like Sullivan knows their personnel really well. And I've heard that he's like guys are telling me that he's proceeding as if he has the authority to do it. And they think he does have authority to do things. I think he's got a lot of irons in the fire. I think OEL is one of them for sure. I think either Kemper or Ranta is one of them for sure. I think he's looking at a lot of things there, and I think Arizona's willing to try a lot of different things. Bill Zito to Florida, what changes with him going in there, if anything? Uh, well, he's a really hard negotiator, and they've got some big contracts coming up. Like, uh, like you, you look at some of those big deals they signed. Um, they're coming up in a couple of years. Um, well, Barkov's, think- Barkov's a huge bargain. Yeah, well, in two years, like, he's going to be, what, 27, 28? He's going to be a potential UFA? Yep. Like, you don't think that half the league is going to be chasing after that guy? (laughs) So, like, obviously future planning is going to be a big deal. Um, You know, I'll tell you this. I heard they were pitched on a lot of different ideas. And I heard they were pitched on kind of breaking it down and rebuilding i heard they were pitched on you know staying the course the number one thing they're going to talk about is how they can draft and develop better bob but they didn't have a single guy on an elc this year make a an impact and they said we've got to stop that i think they're going to be open into looking for a lot of different things i see them saying you know what let us know i could see them throwing a lot of names out there and just discovering what their market is and then figuring out what they're going to do. Yeah, you know, I have some time for Borgstrom. Uh, he had a uh, tough goal this year, looked to be making traction a year ago, uh, had an injury in the fall, and then sort of didn't impress uh, Joel Quenville. And sometimes when that happens with that, Joel... That'll be an interesting one, Bob, because I, I think there's a reason that he was not there for the return to play. And I, I know under previous... Uh, they were thinking they might have to move him. We'll see yep. what Zito has to say. Yeah, well, and of course, as you know, Zito started Acme, and Borgstrom is with Acme, well, now with uh, Wasserman, uh, with Marcus Leto. Uh, I got a, I got a curveball for you, just with Florida. Would they trade Aaron Eckblad? Like I said, I think what they're going to do, 
Bob is they're going to throw a lot of guys out there. And they're just not, like, I think when, when you're a new GM, and it's kind of tough right now because a lot's going on, but I, I think he's going to throw a lot. Of, like, I, I bet you he just throws just about everybody out there and says, I just want to know what everybody thinks about my players. Like, what do you think the value of, of my players is? And then you kind of go from there. I, I think that answers. That's the best way I could answer your question. I could see them putting his name out there and seeing who's interested at what price. Elliot, final one for you has to do with the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have obviously, as Julian Breezebob, got the different dimensions he's needed. But they've done this without Steve Stamkos. Uh, a report today says it looks like Stamkos isn't close to returning. What's going on there? It's a, it's, it's a really good question. Um, I... I got. I, I, I've got to be careful here because I'm working on it, and I don't have it nailed down. I don't right. want to radio myself. But no. But here's what. Here's what I think. I think that they were hoping his recovery, and I think he was hoping his recovery was at a certain place, and it wasn't. And then another. So it set him back. That yep. he, he wasn't as far along as he hoped he was. And there may have been, I hate the word re-aggravation, sure. but I think there may, just before the return to play, I think there may have been an aggravation of the injury. So that set everything back. The other thing that's possible here is that, um, like, with treatment and stuff, because of the bubble, I'm not sure that, like, some guys have their own people and I think there was a bit of an issue with could he get his own people in there. So I think all of that was kind of met. But I think the biggest thing was, uh, Bob, is that um, I think he aggravated his injury right before they got back. And that threw everything off. Okay. Great stuff. As always, Elliot, we appreciate your time. Enjoy the two game sevens tonight. All right, Bob. Have yourself a great weekend. One hour from now. You bet. 12.54 in Edmonton. That's Elliot Friedman for the River Cree Resort and Casino. He's our Oilers now headliner for Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. We'll step out, get back with the Oilers injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. And again, uh, we'll tell you the Oilers Now injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown from James H. Brown, star at the University of Alberta for Jim Donlevy. 1993 Grey Cup champion with the Edmonton, what were then known as the Eskimos at that time. Big supporter of the EE football team. All right, we just talked about Steven Stamkos. That's how good Tampa is. They're through and they're into the uh, Eastern Conference Final. And uh, they do not have 
Steven Stamkos back at this time yet. Uh, Sean Couturier uh, day-to-day for the Philadelphia Flyers did not play. Barzell did play last night for the Islanders in that game. I don't know if uh, you noticed it, but to me, he was look- looking like he was having problems picking bucks up in his skate a little bit early as that game wore on, got a little bit better. Uh, anyhow, those are a couple of the guys out east. Colorado down several players, including uh, <laughs> their first and second string goaltender, Eric Johnson on defense, uh, Calvert and Nandonskoy up front, and to me, they are poised all day to knock off the Dallas Stars. This text comes in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, yes, the Pulley Army, if he does come back, needs to be utilized properly. The owners can't just tell him uh, to stand in front of the net and bang in garbage goals. That's not his game. My response to that would be, actually, Pulley Army does need to get in the guts of the game. Just as the owners are going to attempt to develop Ryan McLeod, uh, they're going to give him every and and uh, they're going to give him every opportunity uh, in a in a probably in a top six role this year down in the minors once we get going in the American Hockey League. And McLeod, by the way, and Tyler Benson, uh, I mean, you're seeing a plethora of teams prospects heading over to Europe to get the start to the year. Uh, I could see that happening for the likes of McLeod and Benson as well. Uh, Anyhow, if if whenever Paul Yarby comes back to North America, part of what he's going to have to do is get in the paint and pay the price. Because in this league, in the NHL, you got to do that to score. That's all there is to it. So I, I slightly disagree uh, with that text. Uh, Haji says, uh, Bob, regarding your conversation with Elliot and telling the same stories over and over, did you ever challenge George LaRock to a fight? But I digress. New material, please, from Haji. Well, he hit me in non-contact. It happens once in a while. Uh, hardest I was ever hit. Todd, you would hit me pretty hard one time, too. I kind of had it coming to me. Uh, Greg and Red Deer. Hey, Bob. Uh, like you were talking yesterday, uh, it sounds like you're not that high in Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh but if he's on sale, buy when he's on sale. The orders don't have a goaltender problem. They have a defense problem. Get a number one D-man from Greg and Red Deer. I, I concede OEL's a number one D-man. I just don't think he's been on the same caliber the last couple of years as he was maybe three or four years ago in Arizona. And maybe it's just that situation has just gotten to him. But fair comment on your part. Uh, and I do think we'll have to uh, wait and see regarding what Arizona ultimately decides to do. Uh, keep the text coming at 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings is Kurt Hill. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.